0: Thank you. books in my library that I've read over the last 20 years. And you know what? I don't think I would have read them the same way. That one little book, How to Read a Book, How to read books. I want to talk about how to listen to a sermon. Now, I know what you're thinking. Like, you preach, we listen. Like, let's get on with this thing. Um, but I want to take uh, seven minutes uh, to talk about how to listen to a sermon. You're Go, going to look at two scriptures, because here's the deal. If you come to awesome, then you'll listen to about a thousand sermons, and I think that we've got to make sure that we kind of know, we're coached a little bit in that, how do we listen to a sermon, Like, what, and why do we even do this thing? Um, and so, uh, if you'll indulge me at the front end, I think we're going to actually get a little bit more out of the message this weekend, uh, and then moving forward, um, the next thousand are going to be even better. Sound good? Right. First scripture is Acts seventeen eleven, and I want you to jot these down, and then do a little bit of reflection, meditation, study yourselves. Acts seventeen eleven, and it says this: They received the word with all readiness, all readiness. And experiences, because worship, i found, opens up your spirit, and and when you open up your spirit, then your mind and your heart kind of open up with it, and so worship is a way we, we get on God's wavelength, and, and then, do we need to do something? You go ahead. <laughs> i got I got my peripheral vision going here. We'll get it fixed up. There we go. All right. It doesn't begin like Saturday night, Sunday morning, or Sunday night, like right before you get here. No, it starts Monday. And so all week, you got to be ramping up, kind of getting ready, you know, be in the Word. And then boom, when you hit the ground on the weekend, uh, you're ready to receive that Word. And I think this really comes down to teachability. And and I, for one, I prize teachability. It's something that I've always tried to practice uh, in my life. I love Second Corinthians 8, two. He who thinks he knows does not yet know as he ought to know. is humility. I like to say kind of holy curiosity. Now those are Albert Einstein's words. He said never lose a holy curiosity and I love the coupling of holy and curiosity. But I think humility, curiosity, readiness, they all kind of mix together and you say, "I'm ready to receive the word of God." Now it says they search the scriptures Fed spiritually, but, but here's my fear. Make no mistake, this is not the main course. This is an appetizer. Um, I know some people, you know, at different times, like when pastors get together and talk. Um, believe it or not, you're going to be shocked by this. But some people leave some churches because they say they're not being fed. Shocking. No, you need to search the scriptures daily. This is your job. I am not the final authority. As soon as I am omniscient, I will let you know, okay? Um, I am so far from it. And so what's important is the end it says search the scriptures daily find out whether these things were so. In other words, you need to test every message, whether I'm preaching it or a guest is preaching it or someone on our teaching team. It needs to line up with Scripture because Scripture is the final authority. And you don't know that if you're not in the Word daily. You know what? A weekly relationship with God doesn't cut. But can you imagine saying, well, you know what? I mean, I'm eating once a week, and why am I so malnourished? Why am I, like, so starving and hungry? Well, because you're eating one time a week. Like, no, the Word is how we feed our spirits, and so we need to be in the Word day in. Uh, sometimes if you're like me, you can pick up on kind of one thing in a message. Oh, I don't know if I agree with that. and I don't know if I like the way he said that or whatever. Um, and we can deflect the 99% that's true and kind of focus on that one thing. That's a dangerous place to be. I think one thing that, that I want to make sure of is that when sermons are taught and preached in this church, that they have them with grace and truth, those two things, and they should be delivered in a spirit of Not to dismiss a word because of someone's personality that might be a little different, um, and you know what? There are also five full gifts. You've got preachers, uh, pastors, teachers, uh, apostles, evangelists, um, and uh, and prophets. What I miss? Um, a message is going to come through a little differently depending on the gift, experience, uh, yay, even the gender of the person speaking. Joel and Pastor Heather are two of the most gifted teachers I know. We are so blessed uh, to have them uh, preaching the word to us. I want to honor our campus pastors. I love the way that they, in their own unique way, bring the word. In fact, they're preaching next weekend. And so what's important is that, that we just allow the truth to be delivered. It's got to be biblical, and it's got to be in that spirit of, of Christ. But when it, then we need to receive that with all. Still with me? Okay. Let me talk about this second one, James one twenty-two through twenty-five. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive your, yourselves. Do what it says. Now I'm just going to touch one little thing here. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like somebody who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at it goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Now what's interesting here is that the, that the Bible is likened to a mirror. I think it's the way that we see ourselves ourselves through the eyes of God. And uh, so critical in identity formation and just discovering who we are uh, as a person. But it's this first part, do not merely listen to the word. The word listen uh, is where we get our word audit. Now, if you've ever taken a class for audit, um, you know that you can like sit there, you can listen to the whole thing. And on one level, it's kind of cool because you don't have to take the test or do any of the homework, right? Okay, the footnote, you don't get I'm not even sure we need to know more. Now listen, study to show yourself approved. So we're going to keep learning because that's, that's the word disciple means learner. By definition, we've got to keep learning, but but we need to do more with what we know, right? And so the key is we've got to be doers of the word. And so when you listen to a message, man, there should be a point where you stop listening to me because the Holy Spirit starts kind of giving you the, the rib nudge or a little shoulder tap and. In you a little bit and, and that's the point where I'm fine if you stop listening to me and and you start writing things down that, like I think I think the Lord's speaking to me right here and then you find one or two or three things that like this this week this is what I'm going to put into practice now last week my big takeaway was like man is there anybody in my life that I'm dishonoring because I don't want to short circuit what God wants to do in my life and honor is so so important and uh and so i how we respond to it now i'd encourage you one last little practical thing take notes in case you care i never read a book if i don't have a pen waste of time because i'll forget i'll forget kind of where i I underline and ask it and circle and then leave and and if you walk into my life i can uh, nine times out of ten i can kind of pick out what book it's in and then what part of the page it's on but it's because i underlined it in the same way uh the shortest pencil is longer than the it? How's everybody else going to know where you're at? I'd love for people to know that you are at NCC, literally at NCC Twitter. Hashtag honor. That's the series that we're in. Come on, if God's speaking to you, why don't we broadcast it? Why don't we A ringer please okay but don't turn it off no you need to use uh twitter facebook whatever is your favorite form of social media all right how we doing okay that was like wow what just happened i know i'm talking fast okay uh your seatbelt here we go part two of honor we're going to juxtapose two verses this weekend one is from the old testament one from the new testament Hebrews 13, Genesis 18, and uh, we'll put them on the screen for you. Here we go. Hebrews 13, 2. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have been entertained, have entertained angels unawares. Oh man. This is not like one of the coolest verses in the Bible. Because it just there's a, kind of this air of experience. Holy anticipation, like, are you an angel? Are you an angel? Did it hurt when you fell from heaven? Um, You you know what I mean? It's kind of like, who is the angel that I'm going to bump into uh, this week? Now, I I love living this way um, because the divine appointment could happen at any moment. I believe that God is in the business of strategically positioning us in the right place at the right time. He'll he'll make, you'll meet the right person at the right time. That's God's job steps. But then how do we position ourselves for that? Well, treat everybody like an angel. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Like, if that's all we got, like, is there anybody that you're not treating like an angel? Maybe like a fallen angel. That's how you're treating them. Like, come on, folks. If we just treat people like angels, I mean, that's a game changer in the workplace, Kind of uninterrupted, and so in your different relationships, spheres of influence—I don't care if it's up, down, horizontal—honor needs to flow in all directions. And if there's any dishonor in any direction, it's—it's it's like it short circuits. It's a circuit breaker, and it short circuits what God wants to do in our lives. Now, uh, we talked about that a little bit last weekend. This idea—remember, J- Jesus goes to his hometown. And it says, like, he couldn't do any miracles there. (laughs) Like, what is that about? Well, it's preceded by Jesus saying in Providence without honor in his hometown. So there was this dishonor that negated or um, uh, disarmed the miracles that Jesus wanted to do. And so I remember last weekend in my notebook, I wrote down, uh, no honor equals no miracles. Right? Now, that's serious business. So I want to make sure that, uh, that I've got a spirit of honor. I'm giving honor that god wants to do i would say the same thing no honor no favor no honor no blessing no no honor no reward no honor no divine appointments and and you're going to see why this is so critical uh, by the time we're done now it says strangers i don't know is that harder or easier than the opposite of strangers the people that you're closest to that you can sometimes take for granted like how to read a book like this is a book i read a long time ago i remember underlining this, this sprinkler syndrome remember that like i feel like i had to do like this or something but remember like now most of us live in the city and so it's like like we, we kind of laugh it's like what is a sprinkler uh, it's a device to water your lawn <laughs> i remember as a kid like before the high-tech sprinklers like right around the sprinkler would be all brown you remember this um because that's the thing bring it home. Because honor starts in the home. Sometimes that's the hardest place to express it. It starts with parents and spouses and children, and then it grows from there. Now, if you're in a very dysfunctional home environment, yes, it's going to be a little bit harder. But Singles out the most intimate place in the home. So, not just honor in the home, but the Bible singles out the marriage bed. Now, here's what it says. mean, don't have sex with someone beside your spouse. Now it's true. Sex was God's idea. And you know what? Probably ought to talk about it every once in a while as a little reminder. that, that Sex is a gift that God gives to a husband and a wife in the context of a marriage covenant. And uh, anything outside of that is not part of God's plan and purpose. And And what's funny is that when I officiate and, you know play the game like so when are you officially married like is it when you say the vow or is it when I sign a marriage license like when is that moment um because I've forgotten to sign a marriage license so if it's that we're in trouble um I tell them, no it's the moment your relationship is consummated with sexual intercourse sex in God's eye is is a sacred covenant between husband and wife do you see how our culture is he Value this to make it something that other than what God intended. Now, the beautiful thing about that is that that means uh, husbands and wives that when you have sex, you are renewing the sacred covenant that you made with each other the day that you were married. And so to honor, uh, let marriage be honored and let the marriage bed be undefiled. It's not just like, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. You got to cultivate a healthy, sex life. That honors God as a married couple. All right. Should we talk about something else or just stay here? (laughs) All right. So honor starts with those who are closest to us, our spouses, our kids, It's interesting. there are three people that uh, entertained angels unawares. Now, one of them is Manoah, who was the father of Samson, had an angelic encounter. Another was Gideon, and uh, of course, Gideon, God raised up. Uh, the angel calls him mighty warrior, and I love it. It's, it's one cool. of those moments place where the word honor appears, at least in the New Living Translation, is Genesis 18, and it's an angelic encounter that Abraham has, and so here's what I want to do. Take that verse in Hebrews, and let's juxtapose it with this verse uh, story here in Genesis 18. I'm going to share kind of seven very quick, practical steps to uh, cultivate honor in our lives. Here's the story. Well, the Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak. One day, Abraham, one day. Two of my favorite words in the Bible. You've been around here for long. You know it. Anywhere there's a one day in the Bible, it just makes my spirit leap because today could be the day. I, I just like one day. Love it. What's next? One day, Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day, looked up, noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. If it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abraham walked back, no, ran back, ran back to the tent and said to uh, Sarah, no pressure, take your time, no hurry. spot best flour kneaded, am I overkilling this thing <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to misread every single word for us to get the point um, knead in the do- dough, bake some bread and Abraham ran out to the herd chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant and quickly prepared it when the food was ready Abraham <laughs> took some Because it's like you're reading this, like, okay, this is this borders on a little weird. One of the most significant divine appointments in the pages of the script. Please don't miss what I'm about to hear. So if you're taking notes, you might want to just jot this down. Abraham honors these strangers and God honors his promise. This is not complicated. When we show honor, In, says you watched this. You showed honor to these three strangers. I'm gonna honor my promise. Powerful stuff. Here's what scares me to death. I never want to be in a place in my life where sin in my life or anything else, some attitude or critical spirit or anything else, would short circuit what God wants to do in me where God can work in me. I'll tell you, there's a couple of things I keep my eye open for. One of them is pride. And I'll tell you why, because the Bible says that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble.
1: Now, I'm just going to share this, because this is a
0: circuit breaker. This is what breaks the circuit of God's blessing in our lives. You can be doing the will of God, but if you're doing it in a spirit of pride, God will oppose the very thing he's called. Favor to the humble. So here's how it works. Okay, You exalt yourself. Because the Bible says whoever exalts himself, I will humble. And God is so good at that. So the choice is this. You humble, God exalts. Or you exalt, and God humbles. May we operate. in the way next thing you know you've got jealousy you've got pride at some point maybe a critical spirit and it's just short circuits and God's like oh It's the good Samaritan. Um, When was the last time you inconvenienced yourself to just do a favor for a friend or to show someone that you love them or to just inconvenience yourself to do something for God that would would honor him? up and noticed three men. May God sanctify our reticular activating system. And everybody said, amen. But you don't know what you just said, amen. some of you. Has it been that long since I've talked about it? It's, come on, guys. It's the cluster of nerve cells at the base of the brain stem. is my favorite part of the brain. It's the part that determines what gets noticed and what goes unnoticed. Well, when you're like looking for angels. Son Josiah to the Nats game. (laughs) Someone had to do it. Some parent had to volunteer to chaperone. I, do I... Even- gospel of jesus christ we are the same church and so i invited some pastors that i know that are friends to come in and do devotions for our team wanted to hear their heart hear their story and some of those those um team meetings turned into prayer meetings that were just profound and and then something, there's a, there's a shifting in the tectonic plates. Let, let's do this thing together. Well, during that season, the Lord impressed a vision on my heart, and it's one that I would call it an Acts 2619 vision, that if you don't do it, you're being disobedient to the Lord. One day during prayer, I felt like the Lord gave me this idea that City and, and the folks we got range from 25 to 45 years of ministry in Washington D.C. and and I felt like we need to sit at their feet. A lifetime of faithfulness to God I want to sit at that person's feet I want to say would you would you teach me would you bless me would you help me last weekend was a profound privilege for me um, Jack hayford is Them in. But here's what happened: We, we had a beautiful time of fellowship, and uh, I met Jack Hayford uh, when I was 19 years old. He preached at my father-in-law's church, and uh, I'll never forget it because it was it was just one of the funniest things I've ever been a part of. Because everybody was really anticipating him coming, and so when he got up to speak, my my father-in-law's church they had a glass pulpit and the zipper was down. And when Jack Hayford gets comfortable, he kind of puts a hand in. A pocket But I'm not looking. <laughs> um, finally, my father in I had to go up there with the right jacket zippers down, put it up on the pulpit. He did like one of these quick flips it was so smooth, and and he remembered it. We had just the most wonderful laugh on Sunday night. He said it was just one of the funniest moments that he remembered. Um, here's what I remember: 12 years ago, when. Into your home, into your world. What Abraham does is say, you know, you come. I'm gonna wash your feet. You come under the shade of kind of my grove of trees right here, and then I'm gonna serve you. Who do you need to invite into your world? All right, I just don't have a lot of time, and so I'm just gonna touch on these last ones and then then be done. Number four, uh, number five. Hurry up! Twice it says Abraham hurry, and in verse six, his servant does the same thing. Like you ever been to a restaurant where someone's just taking their time? Like, come on, folks, but then you ever get a waiter and it's just like over the top hurry? Like you are you are getting a Gets everything ready. Like, don't wait for people. Listen, honor is not just meeting someone's need. It's anticipating their needs Disney style. It's it's not meeting expectations. It's going beyond those expectations. And when you do that, when you act like Abraham, you're going to set yourself up for some divine appointments. I'm going to close with this story and be done this week um uh, coffee meeting with uh, uh a guy named Todd Cruz who's uh, one of the pastors up at Brooklyn Tab uh, where Jim Simbel is the pastor of church I just really respect and love. And so Todd took the train down. We hung out for a couple of hours he told me well, I, I always ask people the Genesis story. So how'd you get there? He's like, well when I was in college um I heard about this church called Brooklyn Tab and I remember hearing that they said that people with with line Just to get in, he was like, "I want to, I want to check out a church. I want to go to a church where people line up just to get in the church." And and uh, he said, "So I was thinking about it, praying about it." He said one day, he said, "I didn't know anybody in New York, didn't know anybody at the church." I'm 19. He said one day, I felt like the Lord said, "Go to Brooklyn and serve." Not go to Brooklyn and apply for a job. Not go to Brooklyn and see if you know you can get on the password. Brooklyn and serve. So what do you do with that? Well, he said uh, he was driving from California back to the East Coast, and uh, uh, his dad's a basketball coach, and so he ended up going to a Pacers game, picked up tickets, and, and I love this, because he had already been, like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to, by faith, and so um, 15 minutes before, I don't know if he's strike up a conversation, and he says, so who are you, what are you doing, and, um, Todd said, you know, I just, like, I feel like God's called me to go to Brooklyn, um, there's a church there that I want to be a part of, and uh, this coach said, well, what church, and he said, Brooklyn Tab." he said, one of my best friends is a pastor, at Brooklyn Tap. Um, just happens to be here in town, why don't we get together, hello, that pastor didn't did not offer him a job, he was entertaining angels and for the past six years has been on their pastoral staff. Most divine appointments are years and years and years in the making. But you, you just go and serve Of the word, but doers. As your eyes are closed and your heads are bowed, it would be uh, a mistake for me to share this message and not give you an opportunity to respond. Um, the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You read the Bible in the book of Revelation and everything revolves around the throne of God and without saying Multitude who are gathered there, they pre, they continuously sing God's praises, and, and they they say things like, "All honor is yours." I want to tell you that. back down. Let's put it up and put it back down. Love it. Thank you. Multiple hands. Uh, anybody else? Just put it up take it right back down. courage to raise that hand and god you're gonna honor it and so right now lord i just collectively lead us in saying thank you jesus for those who have raised their hand and surrendered their lives to you with the angels in heaven we rejoice that what you've done in their hearts and lives this week